Hey guys, welcome back to Dead Set Podcasting. My name's Josh. I'm sitting here in my awful sounding lounge room at the moment as I recently just moved out of my studio and I haven't reset up any sound treatment back at my apartment yet. So I'm going to keep today quick because I don't want to have to run too much de-reverb on this, but I can hear it in my headphones and it's almost unbearable. So you might have seen the title of today's episode, but I want to assure you guys I'm not trying to be like controversial or, you know, how like YouTube titling has kind of infiltrated a lot of interview shows in podcasting recently and they're using titles like blah, 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 will kill you in five years and do this to extend your life, blah, 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 puke, 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 snake oil, snake oil, snake oil. So this isn't that. This is actually a feeling that I have about microphones. So we're talking gear today. So just in case you didn't catch the title and you're not looking at the screen where you're listening to this, the SM7B is still the best microphone for podcasting. So I've got to preface this. One, I'm talking into an RE20 at the moment because my SM7B, I lent to the co-host of one of my podcasts and I need to get that back at some point because I might do a switch with her. She can have maybe an RE20 or something for a little while. But the other caveat is in the past, I would have said it's not. The SM7B, almost, depending on the gear stack you had, could have been one of the worst choices for a podcaster, particularly if you didn't have enough clean gain. Gain is what powers the microphone and adjusts the sensitivity level of the microphone. More gain, more sensitivity on the mic. You end up with a higher level in your recording generally, unless you're squashing that somehow with another device. So that's the quick synopsis on gain. And in the past, the SM7B required more than probably any other microphone I can think of. And a lot of people's gear stacks weren't actually built to give the microphone the power that it required without cranking everything up to 100, which is generally where that particular device itself, the parts were limited and you would introduce self-noise into the system by having to crank the preamp or the gain provider to its absolute maximum. But it's 2024, guys. We're in an era now of higher quality devices that are more readily available. The quality of preamps has pushed down into the lower level devices more than it ever has before. So not only are they more powerful, as in they can provide the gain we need, but they're also cleaner for more of their total travel. The total travel on something, say, like a Scarlet. You can pretty much crank it all the way up now with the Gen 3 and Gen 4 Scarlets, and all of that gain is usable. So that kind of removes the main hesitancy I've had in the past for recommending the SM7B because I knew that a lot of people just couldn't power the thing properly. That's no longer as much of an issue as what it was in the past. So here's seven reasons why I believe the SM7B is the best microphone for podcasting. Obviously, everything's determined by your budget. I don't want to be portraying that this mic is highly affordable and readily available to everybody. But we are talking about an objective standard here, and we're naming just one device. So if you can afford the majority of the most popular options in podcasting, which is the best option? So here we go. Number one, the SM7B is super durable, and it travels well. Number two. The SM7B can be used without any additional shock mounts. 
Number three, it comes with two different pop shields. So once again, you're cutting down on the amount of stuff you have to cart around and or the amount of large obtrusive things you may have in your face, which could be blocking people you're speaking to or if you're speaking to the camera. Once again, it solves that issue. And you have two options. If you find that you have really heavy plosives or maybe a really bad sibilance problem, you could use the really heavy windscreen. And if you don't, you can use the more slimline, I guess, streamlined, smaller windshield. And they both come with the microphone. So again, it's saving you money. And once again, they travel well because they're on the mic. They fit straight on there. It's not an additional thing you have to remember to take with you and find a way to position it when you get there. And or if you're packing down and setting up at home because you can't leave things set up permanently, having to reset up a pop shield every time is a real pain in the ass, to be honest. Number four, the microphone has incredible rear rejection, which does cut down on some of the reflections coming back in a room such as this one. I honestly probably would be better right now using the SM7B than I am this RE20. Just this happens to be what's on the boom stand at the moment. So it has great rear rejection. So it's really useful in a lot of environments that aren't audio friendly. But the other thing it's great for is just say that you accidentally forgot to take a stand and you're out recording at someone's house. The mic has incredible handling noise rejection. That's why you'll quite often see vocalists, particularly in punk rock, hardcore and heavy metal bands, recording in the studio, actually holding an SM7B in their hands. You rarely see in a professional recording situation any other microphone being handheld by a vocalist. And there are many, many podcasts, and it's a bit confusing because they've got million-dollar video setups. There's many, many podcasts out there that I see on Instagram Reels where they're hand-holding the SM7B, and three or four people might be doing that. So, come on, guys, you've got a million-dollar lighting and video setup. Maybe get some boom stands, but that's not what they're doing, and it doesn't seem to be adding a heap of extra noise to their recordings. So, number five, the SM7B has a darker tone than some other popular microphones in podcasting. And you might say, oh, well, my voice naturally just comes out of the box sounding more like radio or broadcasty out of an RE20, or particularly the Heil PR40 because it is really heavily made for the boom and sizzle sort of sound out of the box. What the SM7B can give you is a flatter, slightly darker tone that takes EQ really, really well because you're not trying to fight against any particular accentuation in the EQ that's in there by default. And one place, particularly with the high LPR40, where they do have a really big bump is in the sibilant frequencies. So it makes it very articulate in the higher frequencies and it can pick up your transients if you happen to be a really fast speaker. But it also can make people's voices that are sibilant, like mine, really, really harsh. The SM7B, I've used it on lots and lots and lots of female guests in the past at the studios that I've had over the last three or four years. It's a mic that can temper, to some degree, a really sibilant voice. And mostly it's because it doesn't have any massive spike anywhere in the EQ that kind of accentuates frequencies that aren't always flattering. So I do love that about it, but it's not a microphone out of the box, to me, that sounds as good as it does when you put some EQ on it. So number six, and this is just about how much more versatile the mic is than many others that are podcasting microphones, you can use the SM7B to record a singer, to record a guitar speaker, so 
where a guitar amplifier goes. It has to send the sound out a speaker. You can mic up a guitar cabinet with a speaker in it, a bass cabinet with a speaker in it. You can mic up an acoustic instrument, guitar or violin. Like it does a pretty good job of nearly everything when it comes to recording. And a lot of these broadcast type microphones, really other than kick drums, do a good job of capturing a nice, even frequency range of other instruments as well as the SM7B does. So number seven, and this is maybe something that audio engineers or people that are a little bit more tuned in to audio would pick up, but out of all the microphones I can think of, the SM7B is not fatiguing. You would have to work really hard to get the level of boom and sizzle into that microphone, boom being heavy bass, sizzle being a lot of higher frequencies, that classic really processed radio sound. The SM7B is rarely fatiguing on the listener's ears when the podcast gets longer. So 60, 90, 120 minutes of listening to a really highly processed sounding microphone actually can give people what's called a compression headache. Even if that's just a subconscious discomfort that your listener has over time, I think we can avoid that by utilising a microphone like the SM7B that has a slightly flatter, more neutral sort of sound and doesn't have all the boom and sizzle naturally in the microphone that can give people some level of fatigue in their ears and a compression headache if you go online and use some of the really rudimentary brute force compression formulas. So I felt in my chest that I was about to go on a little bit of a rant then. So to use a cricket expression, I'm going to pull up stumps there. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. My name's Josh. Check out deadsetpodcasting.com. Catch you later. Bye-bye.